Alrighty, welcome back to Fit for Competitors. Uh, I am joined with the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Bays out of Texas, pastor, and the head coach of the men's and women's golf team at Western Texas Community College, Coach Bronk. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Man, I'm good, Patrick. Good, good, good. Thanks for thanks for having me. Good to see you too. Been a while since yes. you left us in the JUCO world. Went off to the big D1s, you know. <laughs> nah, thanks, Coach. Dad. I I really appreciate you uh, spending your time with me uh, today. Just get to have a conversation. Uh, it's been it's been a long time. Yeah, about three years now since I left JUCO. So it's always good to catch up. Yeah, not so long that you forgot you were there, though. You still remember us down here in this, you know, bottom level. But, yeah, no, it was always always good to see you and always, uh, you know, kind of small world, really. God's plan, in effect, there all the way because wasn't much chance for me and you to ever get to meet, that's for sure, if it wasn't for college golf and me having a friend of yours playing for us there. So amazing how the plans always come together. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I truly agree to that. And yeah, hey, we met for a purpose. So, yeah, coach. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna give you the full, just kind of tell you a story and, and we, we go from there. Yeah, perfect. Cool. I, uh, man, it's a lot of story. I don't know if you got enough time on the podcast for the, all the story, but, uh, I guess I'll kind of get to the parts of how I got to coaching college golf and, um, so I was, uh, I grew up a little different than most, uh, say most college golf coaches for sure. Uh, I started playing golf summer before eighth grade. Um, I grew up, I rodeoed a lot. Um, I did a lot of the 4-H stock show and stuff. I really kind of grew up kind of in rural community, just, uh, you know, a lot of the agriculture type stuff, uh, just a whole different background there. My dad rodeoed for a living for a while. Uh, then they got divorced. Ended up moving in with my dad. I kind of did the old uh, spoiled kid bounce back forth thing just a little bit there from my mom to my dad. Uh, he ended up having to go to work way out east in Mississippi, and and I ended up moving in with my mom. And uh, she was a single mom and a registered nurse, worked a lot of hours, keep things going for everything. And I uh, ended up having to sell my horses and uh, actually had signed up for a tennis camp that summer. Uh, we were pretty lucky in the little town we lived in. Uh, there was a lady from Australia that had actually played pro tennis. She had gotten married. Uh, she was a biology teacher there at the school that I was at, and uh, she was giving tennis lessons. And it's kind of crazy how it worked out. One day uh, through tennis lessons, some of the kids that were members at the little country club there, they were like, hey, we're going to go play golf. And I was like, oh, that's a dumb game, but I'll go with you. I don't have anything else to do. You know, I drove by <laughs> golf courses and see people out there, you know, whacking balls with a stick. Thought, man, you hit it, you find it, game over, right? No, they hit it again, you know. So I uh, I went with them, and, and I hit some golf balls that day and uh, went back with them the next day. And it's kind of embarrassing what I shot the very first full nine holes I ever walked or played with them. And none of them believed me that I'd never played golf. Um, it was in the 40s, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> kind of got hooked on it. My mom made me finish the week of tennis lessons, but – Started playing golf then, played through high school, um, kind of was raised, um, you know, this is kind of about faith and I'm going to tie this in and 
being a pastor now is about as crazy as me being a college golf coach. Uh, I'm not going to say we were raised in church by no means because we kind of went when it was convenient or we went with our, with our grandparents or something. Um, you know, I don't, I remember there was a time when I lived with my dad that we went pretty steady to the church there and then Graham, Texas, the town, um, which actually that opens a whole nother door the time that I lived with him and Graham uh, to college golf fellowship with Marcus Jones. That's how I got to know him. And, um, you know, we talk about how God's playing puts things together. It's crazy because when I lived in Graham, I didn't play golf and he was the number two junior in the nation. So, you know, we really didn't even have that in common. He coached a basketball team I played on actually, but um, anyway, fast forward, played through high school, had an opportunity to go play at Western Texas College. Uh, then my senior year, uh, the summer before, uh, my high school coach, uh, he left. Uh, he went back to New Mexico where he was from to teach and, you know, be closer to family. And I'll be honest, that that devastated me. That crushed me a lot. Um, I was a pretty wild kid, too, in high school. I mean, I was I was in the party scene. I was in, I mean, anything Anything to feel included somewhere I was in. You know, most of the kids that staying out of trouble, my grades weren't very good. Um, anyway, I could hit a golf ball, and uh, that's about it. And uh, anyway, Coach Spradlin left. I didn't even play golf my senior year of high school. Um, obviously, that loses the opportunity to go to college and play golf. And um, I went to a little other, another community college over in another town nearby. And uh, I got in trouble there, stayed in trouble there, and came back. And anyway, I came around WTC for a while where I'm coaching now. And um, at that time, they had a very good golf team. Um, the majority of those kids were a few West Texas kids, but the majority of them um, were from Switzerland and, and De- Denmark. Um, they were good. They were real good. And I can just remember um, going and I actually qualified for a tournament. And didn't get to go, which I kind of thought, you know, I didn't been bad, hadn't been playing. I don't blame him. Coach Ham was our coach at that time, and you know he took all those other kids. And uh, the next week, uh, we had another qualifying going on, and I went and played a uh, barbecue tournament. Which you know, for old guys, retired guys like me, that's like the mecca now. You know, that's about all the competitive yeah. juice we get to have. Uh, anyway, went and played, won a bunch of money in Calcutta. Uh, walked back in his office and he told me I wasn't going to be able to qualify for that next tournament either. Um, and I uh, had a pocket full of cash that I just wanted. So I just kept playing golf around those kids and went to school and uh, really involved in agriculture. Even at that time, uh, just doing some different things, um, got involved in, in some business and agriculture stuff, played a lot of golf. Um I'm not going to say I really – I never honestly gave it a try to play pro golf. Um, I wasn't – I figured out really quick I was not near good enough. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that are on that bubble of are they good enough or are they not. I wasn't. I actually played my best golf when I turned about 30 years old. and was playing as a more mature person, which, you know, definitely a lot of things match up in that, you know, as a coach, just knowing that, hey, these 18 to 20 year old kids, man, they think they have bombs and stick it tight every time. And, you know, it's a crazy game. You know, it's, uh, I actually tell kids on recruiting calls, you know, I uh, tell them all the time, like, you know, we're playing a losing sport. I mean, every week on the PGA Tour, there's only one winner. Every week at a college golf tournament, there's only one team wins. We lose more than we win at this sport. And this is how we figure out how to do things. Um, Anyway, so I'm back in there, we end up moving uh, back up here where the college is. Um, 
still involved in agriculture. Uh, we live on a small ranch as my grandparents and uh, a lady that um, a lady that I knew that was playing some pro golf and, and working at a country club. Her husband worked in the bag room at the country club that I was a member of um, in San Angelo. Uh, we were ended up going to the same church and kind of crazy. We were at a church softball game one night and they were need. She had just got the head coach job. Um, they were looking for an assistant coach. It was pretty tough. You know, it's at the end of, end of summer when all this develops, uh, when Matt had left and he'd gone to Oral Roberts and, um, I said, my wife, actually, I hadn't played. I'd had a back surgery eight years before and I hadn't played at all. Um, they had sat me out a year. And honestly, when I got that year off of golf, I mean, there was a time I never thought I would not play. Um, actually, it might have been that country club bill that I actually got to where I didn't like having the most when I wouldn't play it. And uh, so she asked if I was interested. And my wife, she was like, you didn't even play anymore. I mean, I don't even know where his golf clubs are. And Anyway, I went and talked to her about it, and I told him, you know, hey, y'all keep looking for somebody. Find somebody. That'll be even better. I've got some spare time. I don't mind helping out. And uh, I took the job. They didn't find anybody. And, man, talk about God's plan, because within about six weeks, I was real sure what I was supposed to be doing, and that was helping coach that golf team. And then before long, it was pretty clear to me that, I was supposed to start molding a lot of things in my life and with my own kids to become a college golf coach. And I mentioned Marcus Jones and College Golf Fellowship. And um, right off the bat, man, I had – so when I had started playing golf summer before eighth grade, I actually reached out to Marcus because I knew he was really good. And then as soon as I got this job, I reached out to Marcus again because he would played at UT and – and was involved, you know, in this college golf fellowship thing around college golfers. And I'm like, man, what do I do with these kids? You know, what am I supposed to do? And I'm supposed to be here. God's pulling me here, but what am I supposed to do? And, um, you know, that was obviously, you remember, that had been your freshman year um, as well. And uh, I had a buddy of yours that was on that team. That's how I got to know you very well. I guess if you give it to Foswad, Niamu Kandiwa, a little shout out there. Um, yes, sir. Anyway. Uh, so obviously we get started, things are rolling, COVID shuts us down, right? I mean, we're all into the world comes. We're not playing any college golf. We had just won our last, we had won the last event that we'd played in at LCU's event. Um, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm getting this stuff figured out. I'm really thinking, you know, I'm smart. I've got these kids lined out. We're fixing to roll and we're trending upwards, right? And about that time, we're actually playing a practice round in Odessa, fixing to head to New Mexico for their their event there at Hobbs and we start getting the phone calls, you know, Hey, this tournament's canceled. This one's canceled. This one's canceled. Then AD's called. She's like, Hey, y'all get by. I know y'all were going to be on the road for a week or so, but y'all need to get home. And, uh, that is probably the best thing that happened to me as a coach. Um, crazy how a guy can think that because you feel like everything's being taken away, but college golf fellowship, started doing some Bible studies. They did them for players and they also did them for coaches. And I jumped on that coach's call every twice a week during most of that COVID break. And not only did we get to get into God's word, not only did we get to get deeper into some of that, but they would leave the call open for 20, 30 minutes and I could just sit back. Patrick is crazy. Here I am. 
first year junior college coach, technically did not play college golf. I mean, like nothing's matching up. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting here on this call and I'm getting to hear advice from the guys like Tom Shaw at ACU, Mike McGraw at Baylor, Alcorn was uh, at OAU then. I mean, just the list of guys, um, Justin Emil at Rice. I mean, like I'm all of a sudden I'm sitting here. And I thought, man, if you will just keep your mouth shut and your ears open, you're fixing to learn so much. And that opportunity was just put in front of me just because of of a faith in God. You know, I was digging in and, you know, trying to do more. Of course, I was helping pastor a church. Um, I wasn't wasn't officially helping pastor that church at that time, but I was sharing a lot. Um, We had started a ministry preaching at some stock shows. I know most people listening to this probably don't know what a stock show is, but it's a 4-H and FFA event where um, kids raise livestock and they put them in competition. Um, so I was, you know, I was going around, I was sharing a lot. And anyway, I rambled along there, but that's kind of the obvious to this point now. Now we're five years in. I was the assistant coach there for four years, got the head job this last summer. And, and I know that I get pressed a lot. I've, I've kind of backed away from some other areas of ministry. Um, I get pressed a lot. You know, they think I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, man, every year I have 15 to whatever, you know, I mean, right now there's 12 kids sitting there at that school that are here for a reason. And I get a fresh match every year from all over the world. And last time I checked, I'm pretty sure it said go therefore to all nations. Yes. And talk about the word, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be traveling all over. You know, just having that opportunity, actually, like when Tafazwa was baptized there at our at our church there, and you know, I uh, I guess I'll, I'll keep going just a minute, and then we'll get into this conversation. We've got some questions, probably just kind of want to roll with it. But you know, I'm not in a school where I'm I can share, I can do some stuff. You know, we're not going to get in trouble if I pray over these guys or girls or whatever else. But I'm not in a school where. I can really just go press in on them, and that was probably a really good thing for me. As a coach, I honestly, I want to show and hopefully be the example of what a a good husband is, what a good guy is, what a good father, you know, a dad, um, you know, and then be a good coach and be able to handle some things. Um, I'm far from perfect, man. I'm not even close. I mean, I mess up. I get mad at them. You know, I'm probably uh, some of the girls on the other teams, they think I'm the most chill coach in college golf because I don't just blow up on the golf course. But I still live with the philosophy. I mean, I've seen every one of them do it. Nobody lines up on a certain hole and says, hey, I'm fixing to hit this and 40 yards out of bounds on purpose. They weren't doing it on purpose. Why would I blow up? I mean, you know, I kind of think about places like Andrews when a kid hit one on the runway the other day at the airport, and I'm like, the other guy was like, man, you handled that pretty good. And I'm like, man, he didn't line up over to hit it. I mean, yeah. you know, just trying to be a good example of what it looks like, what a good Christian is. I mean, because you know as well as I do, you know, I mean, you were at, you were in New Mexico military. And, and, and when we get kids from all over the world, man, the majority of them, they have no idea what the story of Jesus is. They have no idea how any of this works you know i mean actually a lot of them come from places where they would still be um 
and it's persecution. It's just not to the extreme of, of what the disciples were persecuted or, you know, they're not getting their heads lopped off, but there are, you know, they're coming from countries that uh, it's still in there. You know, just a lot of them don't know, um, you know, and if I came in there and I, I really think that, you know, I, I just think I do a good job by just sharing when I can. I try to, I need to do a better job at that, but, um, you know, so a lot of people think, you know, that if I, uh, you know, I'm not just preaching at them every day, you know, I'm trying to live it. One of my, one of my most favorite, unfavorite quotes ever was the one that, uh, said something like, um, you know, preach all the time, use words if necessary. You know, I, 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 man, if we're living it and we get players around, like I've got a couple kids coming in, um, right now I've got some kids in that are obviously that are Christians and, um, but I got some kids that are coming in this next year that are pretty involved in their youth at church and, and things like that. Um, thanks to things like college golf fellowship, man, I try to send kids those things as much as I can. You know, it takes us all to get this thing shared around. And, um, so that's kind of, kind of my take on that side of how we get into, you know, trying to get some Jesus into these kids. Cause man, most of them never heard it that I get in. Um, you know, a lot of the kids I recruit, they, you know, they've told me, you know, like if they were to say they went to church or Christian school, they'd get beat up, you know, get made fun of, you know, so many places where they talk about, they're just amazed a lot of times too, you know, when we drive by a church, when we're traveling on Sunday, how many people will be at church or, you know, that, that I go do things, you know, on certain days or, you know, whatever it is that, Hey, Sundays, we're not doing anything if we're off, you know, I mean, if we're not traveling or whatever, you know, where we're involved in different things. And it's crazy. It's crazy how many people just have really never heard the word or don't have a clue what it is. And, you know, unfortunately, we know the end result if somebody doesn't reach them. And going into, I mean, you, you're, you're in your last year here. Um, you're around in the corner of your college career, and you know how tough it is. I think anybody that's going to listen to this knows how tough life is in college. It's not a walk in the park. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of jokingly tell, tell my players, um, I started this with one in particular, and he's a kid that actually came to church with us a few times and, uh, not a believer to this day. Uh, but he's getting closer cause he's heard some stuff, but, um, I used to tell him he talked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> I mean, like. He's the one when he'd get out, I'd just sit in the van because it was quiet for just a minute. Um, but anyway, uh, one day I told him he was asking questions just over and over about this and that, you know, coming up to tournament week. And I said, dude, you got two jobs. Make good grades, hit golf balls. I'll worry about the rest. You know, and if it was that simple, it'd be easy, but it's not, right? There's so much other things. We've got to balance that schoolwork. Um, there's so much pressure on and, and there's no doubt i mean i i think the last little bit scotty scheffler has been amazing for me to be able to share with some of these kids because when i can sit there and say hey that guy's gonna win because he don't worry he's not worried you know he doesn't win it's not the end of the world you know and then i got to share why he believes that you know with some kids and and i've had some that man they looked at me and they're like man a lot of that's hard to believe and i said i agree I mean, there is no doubt, no doubt it's hard to believe some of that. But um, anyway, so what else we want to talk about? 
kind of rambled on there a little bit. Coach, hopefully that was no. good, not too much yeah. rambling. Might be a good place to put a commercial. Surely you've got some <laughs> big sponsorships on here or something by now, I'm sure. You know. Nah, I wish. <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> They're for sharing, coming. Coach. <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs> That's really powerful. Yeah, but to kind of pick up from uh, just where your story ends, uh, I guess my first question would be, Obviously, when you're recruiting, you're looking at somebody who's who can play, who can compete, and somebody who can take over the grades, you know, for, for, for four years at least. You're looking ahead. But where do you draw the line to focusing on those two things when you're recruiting to when they come to the school, then you try to pour into them? So I I probably lose a few kids because I don't get in a hurry when I'm recruiting. I really want to get to know them as well as I can. And I know the process is different for us in junior college, um, and especially on international kids as it is opposed to um, what probably they get to do at the four-year schools where they can spend a couple of years really recruiting. But, I mean, obviously I want to – I mean, I'll, I do want a good golfer coming in. Um, I want somebody that's showing that they make the good grades. Those things are, you know, highly, highly important need to be able to have a conversation with a kid on the phone. Like if we can talk and I mean, I, I'm going to talk to the parents too. Don't, I don't want a parent to ever hear this and say that I don't care what they think. I do right up until I get them here. Not really kind of jokingly, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I need a kid that can talk. I need a kid that communicate. Um, I honestly believe communication in young people is a lost art. Um, it's a dying thing. Um, and, and I'm as bad as anybody. I mean, we communicate a ton within my team on Snapchat, um, partly because of SIM card issues, things like that. They can get on Wi-Fi. They're already on Snapchat. So if I send a team message, hey, they were probably already snapping somebody else anyway. You know, there's WhatsApp and there's all that. But, you know, they don't check email anymore hardly ever. I try to press on them every day. You've got to check your email. But yeah, I need a kid that can talk um, for lots of different reasons. Part of that is – you know, they're probably, if they'll listen and they can communicate, we can be coachable. We can talk about things that need to happen on the golf course. We can talk about things that need to happen in the classroom. Uh, when life starts going rough or they start getting homesick, we can talk about the things if they can just talk. Um, I, I pulled off a kid or two um, because I did not, never could figure out if the kid was ever going to be able to talk for himself. Um, so that'd be one tip if there's, you know, Younger players being recruited right now is your parents have questions, no doubt about it, but there's a time they've got to pull back and you've got to step forward and communicate. Um, I get pretty close with a lot of these kids. We spend a lot of time with them. Um, so I'd say drawing that line is is huge on communication for me. Um, they need to smile on the phone. I mean, when we're talking, and the first call can be nervous, no doubt about it. First date, kind of nervous thing, you know? Um, yeah. But you know, after that, man, we got to be able to talk. We need to communicate. Um, same thing, men and women. I mean, both sides of that. I need to see some smiles. Um, I'm a, there's another pastor. He jokes that my, my spiritual gift, my biggest one's got to be sarcasm. Um, I try to use it in a funny way, not a, not a smart aleck way all the time. But, you know, I mean, if I'm, I'm, a, I'm not going to say I'm the funniest guy in the world. I'm kind of a dad joke kind of guy at times, but you know, I need a kid that can laugh a little bit. You know, the same thing goes back to that. We're playing a losing sport, right? We're going to get in a van. We may get beat by 40, or we may win by 40, but we get in that van and we pull out of there. 
I don't want it to feel like we just left a funeral, man. We didn't just yeah. lose everything in the world. You know, now I don't want to get beat by 40, and which we don't get beat by 40 very often, but I don't want to get in the van and beat by that and everything's cool. But, I mean, we want to keep working hard. But at the same time, man, we need to be able to talk. We need to be able to remember a lot of things. Um, you know, and being at a junior college, too, is I'm a very, very competitive person. I mean, this job has actually helped me in that because you get to win so rarely. Now there's that occasional team, like right now, like looks like Odessa wins everything all of a sudden. But, um, you know, there's still going to be a time when they don't. And we've got to be able to handle those things. Um, you know, I want to be around kids that are that I enjoy being around, that want to work hard, put the time in, and that we can talk through things when things are going rough because – you know, I just have you two years. Something's going to happen in that two years. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, people say I need to be more positive, but there's going to be something bad happens at home. There's going to be something within a, a friendships that happen. Um, you know, they're going to meet a boy. They're going to meet a girl, whatever it is, the guys or the girls, and need to be able to talk through that kind of stuff and examples of what those are. So, Patrick, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's right up there. That golf's important. Grades are probably more important to me. Um, than actually golf because there's a kid under there's there's so many kids that can play golf around the world there's a kid under every tree that plays good golf I mean the technology's there the golf balls are better I mean when I was growing up the kids that were good were very good I mean we were hitting we thought we hit one 255 and that was a bomb you know I mean now the the technology's there not just in the clubs but I mean so much opportunity from when they're little. I mean, I got a 10-year-old in here that wants to play basketball and football. Got a really good golf swing. He's better at 10 than I was at 13 at golf. And he didn't want to do it. So, you know, I need kids that can come in and talk, communicate, um, and work hard. You know, and then, and, and, you know, it's kind of what I look for. That's why I don't get in a big hurry when we're recruiting. I want to kind of have an idea who that kid is going to get off that plane that day. Because we're, uh, we're 90 miles from the airport. When I pick one up, some of those rides are pretty lonely. I'm driving, there's two kids in there, neither one of them know how to talk. I don't like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that, Coach. <laughs> I do. So, yeah, you. I, I mean, you mentioned uh, communication is key, right? So do you ever get into those conversations of, like, you know, you you, you try to live your life as a, as, a, as a good Christian, and you have a pretty good idea of, how a, a Christian should live their life, you know? So, and there's a lot of distractions when it comes to college, you know, it's parents are not there. You're just out there by yourself. You can kind of do whatever you want. And it, you're in a unique place because you're a pastor, but you're also a coach. So most of these kids look up to you. And so do you ever get into those conversation and like, you know, kind of like advise them to not go like, do things that they're supposed to do, you know, but just trying to make them understand, not trying to tell them, Hey, you can't do that, but just trying to explain to them why that is not a good thing. Yeah, that comes up. You know, I try to, I believe even in in our walk as a Christian, I believe it's not our right or our job to interject our beliefs into every single person that's not living right. I think we have to have a relationship with a person most of the time, I actually preached a sermon on this the other day about how to approach the non-believer. Um, you know, everybody's going to be put in, God's going to put people in different people's lives for a reason. And, and if I don't know you very well, and like I felt like at any time, if I just saw you going off the rails, 
I'd have felt pretty quickly that I could have said, Patrick, dude, even though you didn't play for me, I could have been like, hey, get it together, man. Don't act that way because we had that relationship, right? But it's say another kid that played for Nimi that I'd never talked to is doing something. Guy's a coach. I could walk over there and say, hey, you can't do that or whatever it is. You know, it's one thing for just the good of the game or whatever it is. But, um, man, I feel like I've got to build a relationship with these kids to be able to have the right. Um, and not just the right, but the effectiveness of that conversation. If they don't respect me and we don't have a relationship, it won't matter what I tell them. Yeah. You know, that's where I think it's important. You know, and that's getting in there and, and that's not falling into the conversation either. I mean, obviously, 18 to 20-year-old boys, they're going to talk about girls. And I'm going to overhear some stuff, you know, from time to time that, you know, when the door's open and it's the right time, I can interject some things about how we need to act and, you know, and, and how to act as a single person. Um, you know, the same thing goes for partying or whatever it is, you know, um, you know, we try, I try very hard to lay down that law early of, you know, most of the kids that I get in on the international side, they're, they're able to drink at home. Um, I don't have to fight that quite as much. I don't think because, First off, they know if they get in trouble and they go home, the chance of them coming back is not very high. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but most of them have already been able to do it legally, so it's not as big a deal. So, But those things do come up and those opportunities to be able to just, you know, tell them, you know, like, hey, this is, um, this is a big deal. You know, this is a big opportunity for you. Um, and then I really try to just try to let the conversation go if I need to tie it into a, to a biblical thing, um, you know, I try to make sure the situation's right. Um, so it doesn't feel like I'm being, you know, the guy that's just beating people over the head with the Bible or whatever else. And, um, you know, I think they see me make mistakes. They also see me own up to mistakes. I mean, I'm the first guy that says we don't play well at a tournament. Hey, it's on me. I'm the one that was supposed to be preparing you guys for this tournament. And I didn't do a very good job, obviously, because we didn't play well. And I'll try to turn that into a teaching moment. Um, you know, say, be just be tell them like it's no different. I make mistakes with my own kids, but all I can do is ask them for forgiveness. I try to use grace. I try to use grace of what it is. Obviously, that's something we don't deserve at all, right? That we didn't earn. We can't do anything to get it. I use yes, grace. I use forgiveness. I try to use some really biblical concepts, but without tying them straight to scripture or anything else to try to maybe grow that seed to where they'll ask a question. You know, maybe they'll ask more about something if I use these words that are, you know, that are in there. And, and a lot of times too, like I had a really cool deal happen. I mean, it wasn't cool that the kid was going through this, but um, there was a kid going through some rough stuff back home, and and uh, he was angry at one of his parents uh, over some adultery. And I got to have a really cool moment because I asked him, I said, is that a law in your country that they can't commit adultery? He was like, well, no. I said, then why is it wrong? He was like, well, it's just not right. I said, yeah, but you got to realize that's a, that's a law. That's a God law. That's a biblical law. You know, so here you are mad at a parent for doing that but you're not reading the word. So how do you know it is? You know, and obviously I believe, you know, there are 10 commandments and thou shalt not commit adultery. And, um, 
but just things like that opened the door for me to be able to talk to kids and and as much as anything just pushing them through those hard times you know when they get overwhelmed everyone of them is going to get behind in college most of them we, we're lucky that i focus on grades enough you know i'm pretty blessed to get in kids that are gonna tend to school you know yeah. which i mean that's <laughs> luckily you know, I don't know if I could stand it if I was having to push them ever. I push them, try to push them hard enough on the golf course. I don't need to be having having to show them in the classroom too. You know, so I uh, hope that answers that. You know, I'm trying to find I try to find those moments when I can interject what I can to where I think it's going to be able. And I don't know sometimes if I'm watering a seed that might already been there, if I'm putting the seed in for somebody else to water at different times. But I know that when you plant something. It's got this situation's got to be right. I mean, we can't throw a seed out in the middle of winter to West Texas and expect grass to grow. You know, it's got to be the right time. Soil's got to be perfect. I think there's something in the Bible about that, too. Some rocky soils, maybe some soil with some stickers and yeah, some other stuff in there. Yeah. I think there's a parable that talks about that. Yeah, that's, that's really <laughs> good. Is. Yeah. So, do you, ever, do you ever get to talk about religion when you're recruiting? Or you just try to uh, create a, a relationship and and then maybe start getting into that once you're comfortable and once they're comfortable with you and at the school? Yep. So one of the reasons, obviously, my Instagram handle is uh, pastor-coach, you know, at that. Yes. Um, I want that there to be seen. Um, I also did that so that, you know, they would know um, without having to come out and say it. You know, in a lot of ways, uh, I do mention um, when I'm recruiting, especially on the phone, I do mention that my family's around. I do mention that, you know, and, and I, I guess I'll go to this side of it, too, is, you know, I figure I've got two jobs. Two of my main jobs as a coach at a junior college is is to get kids to the next school. Um, you know, I tell them that I'm going to promise them that I'm going to work as hard to get them to their next school as I am to get them to my school. And then that other job is I tell them, you know, it's my job to show you an example of a good husband, good father, good, you know, a good friend, whatever it is. And um, and I try to read it best I can, how I interject, you know, religion or my beliefs or anything like that as they come in. One other thing that, and the reason I, I don't go that route, because I don't want to get in the way of what God's doing by me coming across the wrong way when God may be sending a kid my way and I push it off because, you know, I maybe get pushy in the recruiting process or mm -hmm. whatever the case is. Um, one other thing Marcus Jones told me um, a long time ago, and I actually told him that I'd been doing this and he said, I don't remember saying that, but it does sound like something I say, but um, you know, he had told me, he said, if you're prayerfully recruiting, the kids that are supposed to come are going to come. Um, that helps a lot. That helps a lot when I get frustrated or I'm aggravated with kids and I can back up and I can remember, hey, you prayed about this kid coming here. I mean, you prayed that if that kid's supposed to be at this school, he'll be here. You know, that is huge. That's something even Patrick has to do as a pastor. I get it just as I get more aggravated with some of my church people than I do golfers. You know, I mean, it's a. I always joke, you know, church would be an awesome place if the people didn't get in the way sometimes. But, um, you know, it's just because people are 
people never heard. I mean, Jesus never heard anybody, right? People have churches have people. People are the ones that mess up the churches. People are the ones that mess up everything. Obviously, all the way back to the garden. Um, but if I'm prayerfully recruiting these kids and they come in, I know they're there for a reason. And um, now the ones that bring it up, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to tell them, you know, those kids that come in as Christians, like I expect them to help me along this way too because they're going to have the opportunity to be able to bring things up when I don't, you know. They're also going to have to work harder um, bringing kids, Christian kids in with non-Christian kids is, is a tough game because, um, you know, sometimes those Christian kids have never been around non-Christian kids and they've got to figure out how to stand up for their beliefs while still being a good teammate and a good friend, you know. So I know things aren't easy either way, but um, – no, like I mentioned, you know, like I I took full advantage best I could on Scotty's little run there when he was taken off, you know, way back there of like, they're like, coach, you were pretty sure he was going to win. I'm like, man, I know he's going to win. I said, because it doesn't matter if he don't to him. You know, he feels like he's blessed to be here. And, you know, when we get to talk about that piece and we get to talk about why I can, why I can be third or fourth at a golf tournament and, we're going to go over the things. We're going to think, talk about the things that need to be better. But why when it's done, you know what? I mean, I can get in that van and we're going to drive home and I can be proud of my guys. We're going to be proud of my girls, whatever it is. You know, if we were prepared, we did it. And, uh, you know, I I jokingly tell them, too, you know, hey, I didn't hit a shot. I mean, it's on y'all. You know, yeah. I didn't do that but it's the same thing in knowing that i've got a bigger purpose for these kids you know each and every one of them and and like i say my main i honestly i know that my job is to not win a national championship now i know i want one i want one as bad as anybody can take one i want to be i mean i don't want to just win i want to stand on their throat i want it all but i also know that you know it's so important for me to get these kids to the next school. Um, I pray about that as well, too, you know, opening doors and just stay in prayer for these kids. Um, something I heard on a CGF coach's call the other day that I hadn't done that I've got to, that I've got to start doing. And that's praying by each of those, praying for each of those players by name, whether they're believers or not, you know, yes, that's sir. the deal right there is um, it's tough. I won't lie. It's tough to find a balance, you know, I mean, in there, especially, you know, I'm not at a place with a mandatory, you know, without a mandatory, uh, you know, time that they go to chapel and those kind of things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, then there's a few of those schools with mandatory chapel. And, man, I would dare to say I'm getting more done than they are for sure, because some of that's just a mandatory deal. And we're going to run every type of kid through that chapel. And they had got nothing out of it other than they sat there and listened. But, um, we will not get into that today because I yeah. get a little rant on that deal there. Yeah, but. coach. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to get you fired. <laughs> no. So, coach, you mentioned about basically, in other words, what you're trying to say is being content with where where you're at and where you're at with the team, even even if you don't win a tournament. That's not the end of the world. And good example is Scotty Scheffler, as you said. My next question is, how do you? How do you infuse that into somebody who's – because, you know, us athletes, we're very competitive. And the whole goal, we go to college or 
you know, play college sports is we want to win. We want to be on top of, of the game. And so how do you convince somebody who's who's not in the world? And the main focus for years has been to be the best. You know, how do you make them understand that, hey, your identity is not is not in the sport? I know you want to win, but you you gotta find your purpose. Yes, that is uh and that's something that's tough. And it's it's I think it has to be done. I mean, it goes back to relationship. Um, you know, every player is different. How I'm going to approach every player is different within their own personality, obviously within their own beliefs, um, knowing like how far they are away from, you know, I've had some in that very devout against it, like all the way, like extremely smart um, against it as much as you can be against religion, against the whole thing happening, Jesus to the all the way through. Um and what's odd is that's probably one of them that I had the absolute best relationship with ever. And there was a lot of conversations that I had to have with him about golf is not your identity. You know, you are, even if you don't have religion, you don't have something else, you're still just golf something you do. Um, it got you over here. It's, it's going to get you some things. Um, it's tough. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, obviously, the one that's grew up in church, that's easier to have that conversation with. But at the same time, a devout atheist. Um, just to still be able to have those conversations and just keep planting what I can in there. Um, so I've done that from both sides of the spectrum. I'm one of the most talented golfers I have ever had. Absolutely the smartest um, kid I've ever had on the team. I mean, like, without a doubt. Um, you know, we went through some rough stuff. Um, I don't want to bring up, you know, some things in mentally. Um, you know, a uh, uh, borderline, borderline actually did not finish a very important golf tournament one time because I had said, hey, man, you're done. Like, you've got to, you got to get out of your own head. You can't finish this week. I mean, this is, this is where we're at. You know, this is, these are the things. And, and, uh, you know, I spent some time praying for that kid and, you know, things are same deal. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he's not a Christian. I'd like to tell the story that, you know, I did this, did that. Here he is. But, um, I think it's just important that the word content gets thrown in so many wrong places because, because nobody ever wants to get content. We always want more. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's our golf or in our belief with God, I mean, or our study, we can't get content in anything. Um, we got to keep wanting more. We got to keep finding more. We got to keep digging deeper into the word. God's always going to have us something else for us to do. Just like in golf, you know, I mean, the guy shoots 57 on the corn ferry this week. You know, people talk about 59, you know, 58. Hey, somebody just shot 57. How many more people is I going to fire up? I mean, we got to be good. I, I think too, Patrick, with that is I push my guys and girls. And I tell them all, we're going to have good grades because we're going to have good golf. Um, I honestly believe that if you're pushing hard in one area of your life, you're pushing hard in every area of your life. If you're letting one slip, you're going to let them all slip eventually. You may just start here, oh, I'm going to let these grades slip. The next thing you know, working hard on the golf course slips. Then next time, if you are in the word, then that starts to slip. 
all things come together. Rising tides raise all ships. And I just think too, like that is, um, it's kind of getting off a little bit, but that's kind of the things I do to just instill, you know, all of them that, you know, this is what's going to happen. And what is our, I try to redefine what success is to them most of the time too. And that's usually the easiest way I can get into them to let them know like, Hey, what is success? I mean, because if success is winning first place every week, golf is the absolute wrong game for you. I mean, because you might only have lost by one. And there is, you had, you had what, 65 to, on average, the 57 is the rare. You had 65 to 70 times to get it right on a golf course, and we messed it up, right? I mean, I tell them too. I mean, like, I grew up, like I mentioned, rodeo, and now we put up like five on the rodeo anymore, but. You put up 500 bucks to go chase one steer and catch him one time. It's over. You got 70 times to get it right on a golf course to still salvage around. So, you know, we've got to be using our head knowing that, you know, hey, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. It's just a means to have got you over here to meet me. Sure. <laughs> That's true. I like that. I like how you, uh, how you explain how we – tend to go on different wavelengths when we hear the word content. It's, it's so easy to, to uh, understand it and understand it in the wrong way of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. And, you know, it's, it's good get to hear that. And we're always going to want more, even in the relationship with, with the world. Like you're always going to be pursuing more, even though you are, you're at peace with what you have, but the, the goal is to get to know him more and understand more. And so it's the game of golf. So it's any game that we play. Yeah. Coach, yeah and I'm uh, first to admit I get in places, I get in places in times we get busy. I mean, I've got two kids of my own, obviously I've got a wife. Um, you know, we get busy trying to balance everything and I'm the first to admit there's times, there's periods of the year, every year where I look up and I have, I might as well have been content in my relationship with the Lord because that's the thing I put on the back burner as far as in a study time or things like that. I'm not, you know, there's days when I lay down at the end of the day and I don't want anybody to think that any of us as a pastor or as a Christian coach or they, they were perfect and they were spending, you know, X amount of minutes every day in the word and prayer. There's days, man, where I lay down and it's as simple as I right before I fall asleep and crash because I'm tired. It's thank you, Lord. I mean, that's as simple as some of my days get. You know, wake up in the morning and feet hit the floor and it's time to get rolling. And, and I know that I'm supposed to stop and I know I'm not supposed to get that busy and spend some time in the Word. But there's there's weeks of my weeks of my year that I guarantee you that all through the day I see things or I do things and you know, that are, that involve the Lord and kind of go in there. But there's some days that, man, my whole prayer life is, thank you, Lord. You know, you know, yeah. that's, I can't, you know, think as much as anything as, you know, for a Christian is to be able to just stop, especially a, a college golfer, man. I mean, I just, I was thinking of, of that one today, that buddy of ours, he's sitting in Puerto Rico, pretty rough life right now. You know, I mean, look around like, thank you, Lord. Look what you've done. I mean, a kid comes from Zimbabwe to Snyder, Texas to Drexel. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. I mean, that ain't supposed <laughs> to work. <laughs> I mean, 
That's true. That's true, Coach. Yeah, well, Coach, I've, I've never asked you this. How long have you been uh, pastoring for? Uh, So, as a pastor, like on staff in the church, this is going on. It'll been the year after I started coaching when I actually went on staff at the church. So, four years there. And then, so about seven or eight years, I've actually been sharing or preaching different different places, different things there. Um, started with a little Facebook deal. Um, I was prompted by God one day to to share something, and like I say, through that livestock showing industry, um, sharing a lot through that. I still go do that um, quite often uh, when I get called. Um, did some Bible study stuff with some other other stock show dads. Um, you know, just a lot of different things there. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes the word pastoring or the word preaching is kind of thrown out there. You know, I think we've all got to be doing it every single day, one way or another. We're all called to, you know, maybe not be labeled. And there's some times, there is some times I think, man, I don't ever get this far. It would have been easier. It would be easier to sit on that middle row at church and go get a word and, <laughs> beat them out the door out of there be the first one at the restaurant but you know that's not again kind of being content you know it goes back to being lukewarm i mean that's another thing another thing i bring up you know i, I uh i'm terrible at actually memory remembering what scriptures they are but i remember a lot of scripture but i'm terrible about laying the matthew 10 9 on it whatever you know but you know i do tell my kids we talk about that contentness get back to that is you know i tell them i said hey it's better to be cold that it is cold or hot don't be lukewarm don't be average don't be content man i'd rather you be striking out i'd rather you be hitting them all ob because you're trying than i would for you to just go out there and we're just gonna bun a four iron around and shoot a 75 you know we can't live life that way yes sir. i forgot to yeah. throw that in there a while ago it just kind of came to my head so that'll be yeah, good there too we can all good. use <laughs> yeah that's good i'm on a um i'm on two things i'm on uh reading the word every single day for the whole year of 2024 and then i'm also on um reading the whole new testament and so i'm reading my favorite book of james and i'm i just read the first two chapters and you bring up lukewarm just took me back to the, i think that's just the first part of chapter two that talks about uh the faith without works is dead you know and and so that kind of brings me back to like, yeah, you don't want to be that guy who can just sit in the middle row every Sunday and and just, you know, and that's it. That's all you do. You know, you got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. So, yep, that's, that's and I, you know, and those are the things just like that. Those are the things I get to tell the kids. I use so much scripture. They have no idea that I am. You know, I use so many things out of, you know, just like that. You know, I'm, I tell them, you know, you got to be a doer of the word. You know, and I'll, I'll replay it. I'll, re, I'll, re, I'll, I'll make sure they know I'm using something from the Bible or God without getting in there. But I tell them the same thing. Like, man, there's kids that are playing golf that maybe every now and then they show up and they come to school, but they're, they're, their name's on the roster. They're not on the team. They're not doing it. They're just here. They don't stay here very long when we do that. But, you know, you got to be a doer. You got to be – you can't just be sitting – Doing whatever. I mean, it's like every week in qualifying, I tell them, like, if y'all aren't playing to be one bag, 
Because obviously, out of a team, especially in situations like you at Nimi, there was never a doubt. Patrick Wendepoe was never not getting in that van. I mean, that was the stick at Nimi, right? Yes, but sir. when you go out and qualify, what happens if all of a sudden you just go hacking around because you know you're going to qualify? All you got to do is just kind of beat this one. Then all of a sudden, somebody puts a round together. I tell mine, I want them playing for first every time we tee it up. You know, and it's the same way with when I get to talk a little more about some things with them as they mature, as they start getting ready to hear some of the stuff from the, the God tells me that they can finally start hearing. Same thing. I'm like, man, let's go all in on this too. It's going to save your yes, soul. Sir. It's going to save your life. It's going to make things easier every single day. I mean, you know, life's still going to hard. Life's still hard. Life still sucks sometimes. But luckily, <laughs> we've got something to push us. I mean, so. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Coach, I only got a few more questions. Uh, but I'd like to do a little icebreaker. I like to do this during, like, middle of the middle of the episode but it, this thing has been going so good and been receiving so much wisdom from you that i forgot but it's uh what is your favorite book and what is your favorite verse oh man it's always kind of a tough one for me because i i change all the time different seasons puts me in different, you know, places of study. Uh, I'd have to say that if I had to pick one, I'd go any of the Mark, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, I think any of those right in there can be up my favorites all the time. Uh, and then, like I said, I hate to nail the verse down just because I, I kind of, change with the season you know kind of things are going on something hits me and keep me rolling in there um man, I don't know. that's too hard to nail and you got like picking my favorite kid i think <laughs> uh, hey coach <laughs> i respect that <laughs> i don't know i'd probably have to go somewhere like i know you want me to answer one i'm gonna answer one probably have to get like ephesians 5 15 you know, be careful then how you live, not to be as unwise as the wise. You know, I mean, um, there's so many of those verses that mean the same thing, too. You know, that, that ties so much back together. Um, yeah, that's probably be one of them. Yeah. That's, Proverbs that's with twenty nine nineteen, iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another. They, they don't get much better than that. I yes, mean, too, sir. you know. <laughs> That's kind yes, of sir. anybody want to wonder wonder what they need. Yeah. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. That's the one I need to be every day. I promise you that. Yeah, me too. Me too, Coach. <laughs> That's probably the one I need to ride on <laughs> the tips of my shoes or something. I think we don't. We, we never really, especially as as athletes, it's it's so hard. To, to trust, to not trust what you've been doing for so long, you know, but scripture says scripture's true. And yeah, you got to trust the Lord, man. That's, that's, that's all where good things come. I always tell most people, I'm like, I'm not the best golfer. I don't hit it the furthest. I'm not the best chipper. I'm not the best putter, but how do I beat most people? It's because I trust in him than I trust in myself. And so, 
and it's 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 worked in his favor to this day. Yeah, coach. My next question is kind of getting to the end now. But um, what are some of the ways uh, you can encourage an athlete to uh, grow their relationship with the Lord? Uh, just getting there and do it. I mean, that's that's uh, you know, once they're in that place where they're ready to do it, um, I think athletes athletes have such a huge advantage. Athletes and successful business people, if you will, um, the people that have had some success really in anything, um, because they have um, addictive type personalities, they have that, you know, like like men, for example, they have that alpha male kind of mindset about them anyway. So when they finally accept that they need it, they finally cry out, they finally reach out and say, Jesus, I've got to have you can't do it on my own. You know, I just encourage them to use the same hard work, the same habits that have gotten them successful on the golf course or on the baseball field or whatever it is, to develop that same strength within the Lord, to learn, to go, to do more. You know, I think that's one thing for me is I was I was wild, man. I was a wild kid. I was always looking for the party. And if I was at the party, I was going to be the life of the party. And so in the same way, when I finally just said, which I knew, I knew all my life, I and mean, I was baptized when I was 14. Um, some people say, yeah, but you kind of went back off the path after that. You need to do it again, whatever. Well, that's that's kind of for me to decide. I knew what I was doing that day. I knew 100% what I was doing that day. I mean, there was not a doubt. It's not something that, you know, maybe if God ever says again, I need to do it again, I, I might. But, you know, I knew what I was doing. I also knew when I went off the path. I also knew through all my times of alcohol, drugs, anything else, I also never could fully get into that because I knew it was wrong and I knew that God had more for me. That is also probably why when I started jumping back in, next thing I know, I'm helping lead a men's group. Next thing I know, I'm sharing at shows. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I go to, I actually, the whole pastor, the actual pastor thing started I went and helped our church at the youth camp, first youth camp I had ever been to. I didn't go to youth camp when I was a kid. I think I know I come back and I'm the stinking youth pastor at our church. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just went to help. Don't throw me downstairs with all them. You know, I mean, and then yeah. a couple of years after that, I'm coaching golf. You know, I mean, it's kind of those personalities click in. And I think every person goes back to like what I say about relationship. I think every person's personality is going to determine what their role is or what their deal is within their Christian their Christian walk. Other than they've got to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's 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 the end of it. So that's good, Coach. That's good. I'm I'm taking some of that too. <laughs> Definitely taking some of that. Yeah. I, oh, it's not easy. I've, I've had several conversations with Taff over the years of just, you know, how how do you grow your faith? You know, how do you not get distracted by so many things that are going on in this world that we live in, you know, and, and kind of be the, the, the difference maker and the world changer? What do you have to do? And so I think that was good. I think that touched a lot of bases and 
yeah, I'm 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 excited for people to hear that and and I I just from the beginning I thought it was special to have you here just because of you know your story and and the role you play and now as head coach as a pastor as a mentor to these kids that's that's good coach that's a blessing in itself I'd say. Well, I'm proud of you for doing this and you know obviously I got to know you. Um, you know, your time there at NIMI and uh, been a fan of you all this time. I mean, every time you've won something, you know, it's always rooting for you. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm proud of you for doing this and reaching out and just trying to reach out to other kids through a, through a podcast or getting what you can through there. It's not easy by any means, but nothing in your life's been easy, man. Nothing, nothing about leaving Zambia and coming to the United States to play golf is easy. None of it. I mean, I know that, you know, you were, you were, I know that you were, you'd have wished there was a different path those first two years, but those two years at NIMI, man, they made you tougher. They made you stronger. You stuck through it and got through there. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I know, I guess we're well past that point now. I mean, I know there was a phone call like, hey, I want out of here. I want to come play for you. And we couldn't do it. You know, we couldn't make any of that happen and couldn't even pursue it, but but I also know that, you know, you're a great example of, uh, of what it takes to persevere. And, and uh, man, there's a lot of kids that have had it so much easier, you know, that, that to come over and, and they think they've got it tough. And it's all tough at different levels, you know, on this whole thing. It's hard. Growing up's hard. It's not getting any easier. I mean, the stuff you guys faced, man, the stuff you guys face at 18 to 20 years old now, 22 years old in college, I can't even imagine what, you know, the day to day, I mean, you know, just, just from even a moral and ethical standard, just even, I mean, we take, take religion and take Christianity out of it. I mean, what's right, what's wrong, what's just some of the stuff that goes on, how much is shoved in front of y'all's face every single day, you know, at colleges. I mean, I, we're at a fairly conservative place right here where I am and still some of the things that, that, that are said in classrooms, you know, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. And I know that, that it's very important, very important for these kids leaving high school and from, it doesn't matter if they're from down the street here in Snyder and they're going to college at Western Texas college or they're coming from Zambia and they're going to Roswell, New Mexico. I mean, it's so important that we can have some stuff going for them. And, and I think this will be awesome. I was definitely honored when you uh, reached out about hopping on and, and I hope this just helps somebody. And, you know, hey, I'm a man, I'm a fan of everybody. I mean, I'm, yes, sir. That's one thing I don't know. I try to get to know every kid in our conference. You know, obviously we play a lot of the same teams week to week to week. And, man, I feel like I've let somebody down if I didn't kind of get to know a kid. You know, I walk with a couple kids if we play for us. And, you know, I'm going to talk to the kids on the course. I mean, when I go with the girls and, I mean, you know, I, I get to know those other girls too. I mean, I want to know, I want to know everybody that comes over and does it. I want to know what there is because I just, I don't know what the next person is God put in front of me for a reason. I don't want to be the idiot over there that was so wrapped up in winning the golf tournament that I overlooked everything we were supposed to get done. True, coach. That's true. I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, kind of a little bit of my story during that NIMI, you know, I, and from that experience, I, I, I came to understood that it's it's hard to understand a mixed blessing when you're living in it. 
and that was me me when I was at the institute. It was a mixed blessing. COVID hit. I didn't. I couldn't even go back home, and I was I was stressed. Like I had nothing. I had no offers. I talked to Taff, and I've talked to Taff about this, and I talked to Taff, and he's telling me, "Dude, I got a full scholarship at Drexel, and I'm I've I've one month before school starts, and I had nothing, you know." And fast forward three years later, now seeing how everything transpired and seeing everything come together, I could happily say that that was a blessing. You know, without COVID, I wouldn't be where I am. Without COVID, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So, yeah, I, yep, I feel like we do we sure. do miss a lot of yeah we do miss a lot of mixed blessings when we're living in them because you you look at them in isolation and you think yeah this nothing good is coming out of this but it yeah, surely it comes together. To- yeah, who'd have thought you'd be sitting in Florida right now when you were sitting there in Roswell, New Mexico, having a march and yeah, <laughs> you know, do all those things and you know, play Nancy Lopez every day and never know who your coach was going to be day to day. I mean, yeah, <laughs> y'all went through a lot. I mean, you know, that's the deal. Is you know, I mean, no doubt. I mean, trust me, I wanted to get you out of there, but obviously it wasn't God's plan and. I don't know. I'd have might have killed you and Taff. I'd have had y'all together at one spot. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think so. that's the main reason why God hasn't had that happen is because me and Taff at the same school. I don't think things uh, would be good. <laughs> yeah, it'd have been. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. That'd have been something. Ooh, we'd have been good though. Y'all yeah, are good golfers, good players, good people. Thanks, Very coach. good I young man. Proud coach. of you for sure for doing this and. Uh, yeah. Just keep it up, Thanks, man. Coach. Keep, keep reaching out for them. Yes, sir. Everybody's yeah, going to need this, you know, no doubt. Yes, so. sir. I I appreciate you, Coach, again joining me. Um, not not many would do this. Uh, but just you know, being in, just having a conversation about Christianity, perseverance, and relationships, and and all the above. It, it's good. I think that's what we need. We need to kind of bring back that communication among us people and build relationships off of that. So, yeah, Coach, I appreciate your wisdom and your, your encouragements. And I wish you guys a good good season this year. Go go down and take down Midland and Odessa. I mean, I love those schools, <laughs> but I'm always rooting for WTC and NIMI. So. Yeah, no, I love, man, I love, I just, I've thought about that so much. You know, I mean, I love that we're in the conference we're in. I mean, I love that, you know, every week it's hard. I mean, because sure. I, I just open doors for more conversation. I mean, every week it's hard. You know, I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, we look and, and it's it's not bragging. It's fact. I mean, every year since I've been a coach, seven of the top ten teams in the national championship come out of this conference, and we're heading them up every single week, you know. And I tell my guys all the time, when we win, you know, we get close. We know we got to keep pushing because we know on their heels. And when we don't win, we know what the competition is. I mean, there are obviously a couple other schools that don't play down here with us all the time that are competitive. Probably really just two if we get down to it. But, you know, I mean, this is where junior college golf is. And um, I'd encourage anybody, you know, looking for looking for somewhere to go play. Guys or girls, reach out. I'll take care of you. We'll get yes, you sir. out here. And if it ain't my school, there's one right here close that's going to fit you. I can guarantee you. It's, it's, I love it. So get to meet cool, cool guys like Patrick. So <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, buddy.
Yes, sir. Good Scott. luck to Good. you and whatever's going forward. And if I can ever help you, don't hesitate. Yes, sir. Thanks, Scott. God bless you, I'm Coach. A, I'm a fan. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Coach. Uh, oh, 